Welcome to Why Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Amy Berrickman of amyberrickman.com and the founder of indigojunction.com. I am so excited to get to speak with Amy. She is a longtime friend and colleague in this sewing world. I'm happy to have her here with me today on Why Sew. So welcome to the show, Amy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for inviting me on, Jason. This You're is fun. Yeah. We're, you know, you are, I think I just mentioned, you know, I don't know, we've done so many of these interviews so far and, and, you know, some of the folks are known to our customers, some are not. I know we've worked with you so many times that probably most of our listeners know Amy Berrickman or know Indigo Junction, but for those that don't, maybe you can just give a brief introduction of who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, years ago, I founded the company Indigo Junction. It's a sewing pattern and book company. And over the years, I worked with some amazing talent in our industry, quilters, uh, garment sewers, designers. And over the years, I think the number was around 1,200 patterns that were published under the Indigo Junction brand. I also did books, including some on embroidery, some on crafting with buttons, fabric flowers. And that journey led me to my book, Vintage Notes and inspirational sewing, fashion, and fun. And over the last 10 years, part of my time has been spent on that passion project, I'll call it, which is the books based on a women's institute from the 1920s that taught dressmaking, millinery, and cooking. And um, so currently, I'm focused on amyberrickman.com and I also have done some DIY courses on vintage notions and textiles. The sister site, vintagemodernmakers.com. So I love the history and the legacy behind sewing, quilting, dressmaking, embroidery. And, you know, I just feel so fortunate to be in an industry where we have such a wonderful community that shares that passion and love of, you know, such a um, integral part of our American history and continues today the relevance of the research and the publications from 100 years ago. It's just amazing what's old. Old is new again. Sure. You know that term. I use it a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, there's so many techniques and disciplines uh, woven into all that you do and, and have done and, and throughout your publishing of patterns and books and whatnot. Would you consider yourself primarily a sewist, a seamstress, tailor, quilter, crafter, omnicrafter, embroiderer? When you introduce Gosh. yourself to people, what term would you apply most to yourself there? Probably, you know, sewist. Sewing's where I started, and I do a lot of the architecting of the product development. So as much of the sewing that I do, I really enjoy the ideation of Mm. the product and the projects. And then also working, for instance, with fabric companies to just develop something from an idea into a pattern or project or tutorial that then I can share and inspire people with. Awesome. What was your first memory of sewing? 
So oh. if you're primarily a sewist and that's driven so much of what you do, how did you get started sewing? Was that a family thing? You know, I, I think I read a little bit about some of that, but maybe you could tell, tell our listeners how that happened sure. for you. Sure. It definitely was in my blood, in my family. My mother, her career was as a home ec teacher and it. my grandmother also was very creative. She did everything from, you know, tapestry to weaving to wow. lapidary making jewelry. I have some of her, you know, turquoise jewelry she made. She also right. painted. What, you said did, lapidary? Yeah, lapidary. That's, um, I'm wearing a ring, a uh, turquoise ring that she made. That's lapidary is stones placed in jewelry, I believe. Okay. I think that's the term for that kind of jewelry making. You learned um, something. I could be wrong, <laughs> but it might be a vintage term. Um, so, but with my mom, my first recollection of sewing, well, number one, she sewed constantly as a hobby when I was a child. And she went on to, she owned several businesses before I actually got into sewing. One of them was, it's I serendipitous, but she had a business with her friend. They took old quilts, cutter quilts, they called them, damaged old quilts and made garments out of them. So, you know, today that's a huge trend happening is yeah. this upcycling of vintage quilts and textiles. So it was called Bertha's Bed. And I actually recently did a blog post on amyberkman.com about her business and just that resurgence that we're seeing today of that technique. And wow. so I, as you can see, you know, I was exposed to business from a young age and my first project, now let's get to the question you asked me, <laughs> was a wrap skirt. My mother was my Girl Scout leader and she taught our group to make a wrap skirt. So that was my first, now that was my first recollection, but I do have pictures of my mom and I at a sewing machine when I was probably about five years old, oh, wow. five years old. And, you know, she'd given me a little sewing machine, a little singer for Christmas. And it's a great little photo because I have, I look like a deer in headlights. Um, <laughs> thinking about <laughs> oh no, here we go. I was going to um, say, surely your first project wasn't with a whole group of other girls. She no, did something no. with you before yeah. that, right? Yes. So, you know, she made my doll clothes. She loved to collect antique dolls and doll dressing was one of her businesses. So that comes into play. And then truly what impacted me most probably when it comes to sewing was her business after her quilt coat business, Bertha's Bed, she started a teddy bear she taught people how to make teddy bears in our home. She started teaching classes, actually, in our home. And that led to her opening a retail store that was a craft store that included classes and supplies for not only the bear making, but silk ribbon embroidery when that was a mm. huge trend. She did that. She did duplicate stitch, doll patterns. And I then saw her, you know, making money through this business and thought to myself, this is me in high school. I'm like, well, I'm going to make some money. I can make teddy bears. <laughs> so I ended up starting a business, the Martin collection. Martin's my maiden name. And I produced, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of bears that I sold. And I would go to like thrift shops, in antique shops and find old coats or mink stoles and develop patterns 
And I even sold them wholesale to, you know, some shops in Scottsdale, Arizona that were teddy bear stores. That wow. back, back then there was a big, you know, teddy bear trend. Um, <laughs> anyway, that really launched me into where I really started to sew in production. And yeah, and then eventually you can imagine that was segued a little, some of those designs eventually became Indigo Junction patterns uh, okay. after I went to sounds like University your, of Kansas to college. Sounds like your mom was kind of ahead of her time, really, as, oh. a, as a business owner, especially someone earning a living in the arts and crafts world or sewing world, you know, at that time was almost not, not unheard of, but I mean, it was certainly, she was on the leading edge of something big. She really was. She is such an amazing talent of, she has great ideas. Uh, She has a skill in, you know, fashion and dressmaking. And not only that, I mean, she, as a retailer, she was a rock star in my hometown of Des Moines, Iowa. She had a retail store for about 25 years and it expanded from, you know, being a craft store into being a clothing and gift shop. And she was, she could see the trends coming and, you know, she definitely had the heyday as a Brooks and Mortar retailer before the internet hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned a lot from her. You know, I went to Quilt Market when I was, before I'd started my business, I went along with her kind of to look at the industry and see what it was about. Because she said to me after I graduated with my glass blowing degree, (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do, Amy? She said, why not try patterns? I know some friends that are doing very, very well selling sewing doll patterns to quilt shops and fabric stores. And so here I am still plugging away at patterns. That's that's fantastic. So she passed on not only the, the creative gene, but her entrepreneurial spirit to you as well. I love it. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, we're still working together on a daily basis. She's been a huge part of helping me with my latest adventures in the, the online courses about the vintage notions and textiles. So what is it that you love to sew? You know, you do all these different things and or have done a lot of different kinds of things. But what is what is the thing that you just love to do or, you know, primarily when you're when you're getting to sew for yourself or family and friends? What is the thing that you prefer to sew? Well, I'll be honest, Jason, I don't do a whole lot of sewing myself. If I'm sewing, I love hand sewing. I love embroidery. I love embellishing. I love fashion. So I'm looking at, you know, designs for a apparel and wearables a lot of times. When it comes to projects and and kind of architecting projects that I think will appeal to my community and the, you know, our community, a lot of times I'm working with my designers that actually do the bulk of the sewing, you know, machine sewing on the projects. I'm really fortunate. I have, you know, my mom I mentioned and then Mary Meyer, who we work very closely just going through the process of like, for instance, the latest pattern, the Anytime Topper, we've probably created, I don't know, 40 different versions of that pattern wow. um, previous to the actual publication of the pattern. 
because we were putting ideas to get, well, first of all, we were figuring out all the ways to make it, you know, and we evolved it to like two sizes, three lengths. And then we had fun looking for, you know, textiles and we used everything from band, upcycling bandanas to scarves that we found at the thrift shop to a lace tablecloth, a Quaker lace tablecloth, probably from the 30s or 40s that I think it's 30s or 40s that we then made this beautiful garment with. So, you know, the discovery, the research, the learning about all the textiles that are available and the history behind them is where I spend the bulk of my time versus actually sitting at the sewing machine. Sounds like you have this attraction to the vintage stuff, things of old and how you can take that and turn it into something modern, something contemporary and desirable. Is that a a fair characterization? Yes. I, I kind of think of my tagline as, you know, vintage made modern. There's so much good quality design in our history, whether it be in textile design, whether it be in embroidery. You know, I love to talk about the history of handmade. So really looking back at the legacy to then create things that people love in a modern world. And there's so much, like I said, that's relevant and it it cycles, you know, whether it be making things with yo-yos or you know, different techniques in hand embroidery and quilting and apparel. I love the fact that we're seeing, you know, a resurgence of garment sewing and and that's so exciting. And that's what I'm trying to do with my new pattern line is to make projects that are very accessible. Don't take a ton of time. So you get that more instant gratification from your sewing. And I think, you know, sewing, it's such great therapy. It's so good for our mental health. I feel whether it brings you closer to creative people that have the same interests that you do, or, you know, you can make things by hand for your family, which is just what's better. I mean, that's to me, people just appreciate those gifts more than anything else, especially in today's world of technology and, you know, disconnect on some level levels of the touching and and feeling of of fabric and such. I love that you said that, you know, there's so many, I mean, especially in the sewing world, but, you know, in all of craft and hobby, that idea of making something, you know, whether it's gardening or, you know, I'm a home brewer. I love to make beer, but there's something about that process of making something that just is very fulfilling and does calm you, if you will, even when (laughs) at times the thing that you're doing can be frustrating in and of itself. The entire process is good for your mental well-being, I think. I've heard that over and over and over uh, throughout these interviews. But you mentioned that you know, making gifts and, you know, that that's also a common theme here, but, you know, do you recall or remember, is there any special thing that you've ever made that stands out above the rest where you've given someone something, something special that you made yourself? Well, it goes back to those teddy bears. When I was able to use textiles that had a connection to the owner, for instance, maybe it was a coat that had been you know, a family members and then taking that coat and and making, you know, teddy bear out of it that could be enjoyed in the modern everyday life. 
as a remembrance. And I think that's truly when I did my, created these vintage modern maker courses that I have. My thought was you have these wonderful vintage textiles that you've held on to. Maybe it's a dress or scarf that your grandma embroidered or a, you know, gingham apron that had that chicken scratch cross stitch on it with rickrack. And you want to bring it in and use the fabric for something purposeful in your Mm -hmm. modern life. And so that to me is really where I think I can add value to people's sewing is giving them ideas on how to use those neat textiles that have meaning in their lives and repurpose them into something useful and relevant for, you know, a gift or just for themselves to enjoy. You know, we've done a lot with like aprons that are made from men's shirts. And in fact, my Vintage Notions book, that was the most popular project. I think that the pattern in that book, there were 12 patterns in that book. And that was the most popular where people could use something and recycle or upcycle it. Yeah, that that idea of upcycling has been such a cool thing to see people using. I mean, I love t-shirt quilts and things of that nature. You know, those are those are so fun and so meaningful. Yeah when you can make a pillowcase out of uh, a deceased loved one's shirt or all of those things are so cool. Now, when you're sewing or teaching people to sew, are there certain tools or gadgets or notions or things that are just like, I can't live without this thing. This is an absolute must have in my sewing room. Do you have any of those? I do have a few. I definitely do. Of course, I love, you know, rotary cutter and mat just for ease of use. When it comes to, you know, we have the Crossroads 12-weight sulky line that we did with you. And I love that thread. I love the the heavier spooled thread for when I mentioned my hand embroidery project. Mm. And then, of course, there's the needle thread, clover needle threader, that little tool that's super helpful for for threading. I know my eyes would appreciate it at this point. (laughs) Yes, 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 I do. Yes, definitely. I also love, you know, I have to plug Sulky. I love your, you know, your stick and stitch, that material that I can, you know, trace my designs and then stick it on my jeans and, and do some embroidery on fashion and apparel. So I think that's one of my favorite products too. I love it. I love it. Well, I wasn't looking for a plug there, but thank you. Love that. You know, I know that, you know, sewing has sort of been your life, right? I mean, your, your mom, your grandmother also, you were started out sewing and becoming a a sewing entrepreneur at a very early age and, and continued that from then till now. I mean, that's, that's awesome. So I know sewing has, has obviously provided a lot of opportunities for you personally. Along the way, though, have there been other people, other sewist makers, you know, whether known within the sewing world or, or unknown that helped you in some way or inspired you and in what you do? And if so, who are those people and what have they meant to you? That's a great question. I have to go to Nancy Zeman. She helped me out from the beginning. I did many shows with her where she would she would see a, a book or a pattern that I had at Quilt Market. And then we would collaborate on a one of her episodes or in a series of episodes. She was just such a great teacher and mentor to me. And I so admired her work ethic, her 
integrity, her kindness, and, you know, just she did so much for our industry for so many years that I have to definitely thank her. I also, thinking of today, you know, I've worked some with different local retailers. I've had years of relationships with like Stitch on Needlework in Lawrence, Kansas and Harper's Fabrics over in Overland Park where I am. So these local retailers who've, you know, lived through all the ups and downs of of what owning and running the business I did have for so many years. And then I do also like Missouri Star, Jenny Doan. I've done some projects with her. She did a tutorial on one of my newer patterns recently, which was great. And that was a little fold and go folio that we're going to embellish with Crossroads Embroidery one of these days. So yeah, I'll have to send you that pattern over too, Jason. But there's a lot of great, you know, I just love all of the, oh, and I worked with the Quilted Cow. She, Jennifer does Facebook Lives and is up in Branson, Missouri. But, you know, there are so many wonderful people in our industry that have made it their life like I have. So these friends are Michelle Muska from Aliso Irons. She's a great friend and pal in the industry. So the list is pretty long. I I love it. It, uh, Yeah. So many of those names are repeated throughout some of my interviews. But then there's always a few additional ones thrown in there and a few surprises. But uh, the one thing that always sticks out when I ask that question is that these are all educated, strong women that, uh, you know, have helped build a great industry, you know, that employs a lot of people, that brings a lot of joy to the lives of a lot of consumers. And you know, just that point or that thought always sticks out to me when when I hear people answer that question because of, of the names that they throw out there. Nancy Zeman, of course, being an icon and, you know, such a great entrepreneur and, and business person, but also creative and thoughtful and just a wonderful human being on top of all of that. There's an industry full of those people. It's just amazing how many there are. So I, I love, I love, I love the answers I get to that question for sure. Is there anything that you've always wanted to sew that you just haven't tried or some technique or some sewing related thing that's kind of like on your bucket list of sewing that you just haven't had a chance to get around to or try yet? Nope. I think quilting, I'd really like to get deeper into learning techniques for quilting. You know, I have a very low level of knowledge in quilting. So I think that would be, you know, I don't know that I aspire to do like a Lone Star quilt, but (laughs) I think there's so many great fabrics out there and great techniques that, you know. When you you say quilting, are we talking about the piecing piecing process of cutting up the fabric and putting it together? I want to know. Are you talking about actually quilting it after you're done? I'm talking about both. Soup I'm to talking nuts. about start to finish. Let's make a gorgeous quilt. Yeah, I always, I always get. Uh, it's so funny. I, I always get a little, a little anxious when we start using terminology and relating to quilting. Right. Are you a quilter? No, I, I just put it together. Somebody else actually quilts it. They're the quilter. I pieced right. it, and it's like I always just thought of a quilter as somebody that makes a quilt. <laughs> right, I never, right. I never well, there just, are very <laughs> specific terms. And, you know, they're very specific terms. So 
you know, in fact, in my one of my courses that I've done is on the history of quilt blocks and the naming of quilt blocks. And that's a whole interesting thing in quilting that when I see all these various blocks, like I have this catalog from the, you know, early 1900s, that was the first catalog that put names to quilt blocks. And I just love looking at it. And then I actually interviewed Jenny Beyer in this course and her book, she wrote this encyclopedia of quilt blocks that's incredible, or, or the album of quilt blocks. She and Barbara Brackman are the two gurus or experts on this. But seeing all the different names and the history of how it changed over the years, you know, there's a lot of terminology to learn in quilting. So I love that. People are serious about it. You know, it is. <laughs> It is definitely something we can all learn so much. And there's so much history. It's wonderful. Time for Amy to step into the quilting world and and, and learn all about it, right? Right, right. Are you sewing anything right now, Amy? Well, I am working on something. I am working on a new project. I can't share too much about it, but it's a fabric related and embroidery and it's fabric and embroidery and it's hand embroidery, hand embroidery, fabric and embellishing denim. So sit tight. It'll be, you know, people can sign up for my newsletter to get on my email list to learn about what I'm up to at amyberkman.com. And it'll be coming soon. Awesome. We'll look forward to seeing whatever that is. Sounds exciting. Yep. Yep. So tell us when you're not sewing. I think I know one thing. What other hobbies or activities do you enjoy? Like, what would we see you posting about on your personal Facebook page? Oh, goodness. Well, I have two children. And so I spend a lot of time with, well, not a lot. They're, they're grown now. And my daughter's going to Mackinac Island, Michigan this summer to work on the island. So we spend cool. some time in Michigan. So you might see pictures of my family up in Michigan. We love that part of the country. And, you know, I do a ton of photography in nature. So I'm constantly like right now I have three vases full of peonies in my office and Mm. I did a blog post on those flowers and kind of a little bit of history of them, as well as the idea you could make a fabric flower that looks like a peonies. And so photography is my other big focus. Um, Very cool. And collecting, going to the antique shops and thrift stores and, and finding, you know, vintage textile treasures that then I can share with my community. I do that some in a, I have a Facebook group and in that Facebook group, sometimes I go live and share the treasures that I've found. So that's Vintage Made Modern. Amy Berrickman's Vintage Made Modern is the Facebook group. Very cool. I can't believe I didn't hear you say something about the Kansas City Royals. I was fully fully expecting to hear you say I'm a baseball fan. I'm a baseball fan as well as a Jayhawk, Kansas basketball fan, national champions this last year. And I'm also a Chiefs fan. And one thing I do love to do is team spirit sewing. So I have a lot of projects for you to use those t-shirts you have that are old from your team or your school or, you know, ideas for making. I have a tutorial on YouTube from like making a an eyeglass chain out of upcycled t-shirts and pearl buttons. So button collecting is another one of my, you might find me button collecting if I'm not sewing or taking pictures. You know, I always look to end the podcast with this specific question, that question, comment, I guess, 
we call it. I've kind of always said, you know, as an industry that, you know, we're really not selling patterns and threads and stabilizers and notions and, you know, all of these things that we, that we have to monetize. But what we're really selling is this kind of feeling of accomplishment, of pride and satisfaction that comes with creating. Would you agree with that? And, and, and if so, how does that idea or that feeling, you know, sort of manifested itself in your own life and your journey? I totally agree that, you know, we're selling this experience that can bring you a lot of happiness and joy in your life and also give you the ability to help others. And whether it be making a gift for somebody or teaching somebody your own craft that you know and passing on or passing down the joy. And I guess, you know, from my standpoint, my joy in creating comes in creating the projects for other people to create. So, and particularly where they can use vintage or thrift shop finds so they don't have to, there's a low barrier to entry. You don't have to go spend a lot of money on fabric by the yard. You have possibly these textiles in your home right now, or take a trip to the dollar day at the thrift shop and bring home that gingham shirt that was a Ralph Lauren that's beautiful yarn dyed gingham and create, you know, several front projects with something so it's sustainable and you can feel like, you know, you're contributing on multiple levels. You're making a gift, you're upcycling and, you know, you're finding the joy in for yourself in, in making and creating and then you're able to pass that on to somebody else. I fully love that. Oftentimes when I hear people talk about how they got into sewing, I can't ever seem to shake the idea that in their early parts of learning how to sew or creating something, that there was a spark somewhere when they finished a project, when they got this intense pride about what they had just done. And then that thing, that idea is what helped create who they are, like as people, not just in the sewing world, but, you know, that confidence that they got from that is what helped carry them through to what they're doing. And, and, and I just feel so strongly about that. More people like you that I talk to that have made successful businesses, sometimes many and multiple businesses out of sewing and out of creating that somehow, somewhere when they first got started, that that confidence is what allowed them to, to do that. You know, it just feels like without it, they couldn't have done a lot of what they did. Well, you know, that's interesting because what you're saying is just makes me reflect on that women's institute I told you about in the beginning of the podcast that my book Vintage Notions is based on. And you read some of the testimonials from the women back in the 1920s that took this sewing course and how it led them to the confidence to launch their own businesses at a time when it was completely unheard of mm-hmm. and brought joy because they could, you know, they couldn't afford clothing for their children, nice clothing, but they could learn to make it themselves. And the pride, I think, and the confidence that they received through what they had learned through that course, you know, truly made them the women they were, especially in that era. And 
And so when I found that content and started reading those testimonials, that's when I was compelled to dive deeper, learn about this school, and then modernize it and bring it forward in my book. And so those testimonials are just spot on to what you're saying about how this craft of sewing, quilting, embroidery can be life-changing for people. And when I think of all the young kids out there today and just pray that they are exposed to it. So if they do have that in their DNA to really latch on to it as a passion and hobby, that they get the chance to do that. Yeah, I can't think of a much better way to end our podcast than that. For sure, for all of you out there listening, sharing this hobby and sharing what you do with others is indeed what not only uh, will continue to bring creative uh, ideas and products and projects to to this uh, hobby, but it also serves to impact in a very positive way uh, the lives of a lot of people when they are exposed to it. So it gives them that that same creative outlet that that maybe you've had. So Amy, thanks yes. for for being on today, for joining us and and telling us uh, your story, sharing all about your mom and the wonderful way that she has impacted your life. Uh, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. It was great. I really enjoyed it, Jason. Now, so for all of those listening, if they want to learn more about you and and your products, your patterns, uh, nowadays they can find you at Amy. Barrickman, that's B-A-R-I-C-K-M-A-N.com, Amy with a Y. So A-M-Y-B-A-R-I-C-K-M-A-N.com, right? That is it. That is uh, correct. And while you are the founder of Indigo Junction, there are still some things out there that folks can right. find about you as well at indigojunction.com. Well, and indigojunction.com is no longer a live site. So they the patterns from indigojunction.com are over on handicraft.com, which Handicraft. is the prim consumer dritz brand, omnigrid brand website. So when I sold Indigo Junction, that they migrated that over to Handicraft. That's H-A-N-D. So everybody, yeah, just so they can find those patterns easily because there's a lot of great patterns out there under the Indigo Junction brand too. Awesome. For more information about Amy, visit her website. She's got some great classes, wonderful patterns, and even more history to tell. Thanks again, Amy. Hopefully I get to see you around uh, somewhere this year. Well, like it's been forever. I know. Maybe there's a trade show coming up. Maybe I'll see you there. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Take care, Amy. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. Give us a rating or a review and be sure to shop your favorite Sulky products, including threads, stabilizers, kits, and more at sulky.com.